They're the boys in the back room. We have a guy who works in the back, Eric Jones. He's the big German. Be nice to Marvin. He'll be taking your calls today. Chat row, Tyler, the moderator, handling the duties there. A couple of weeks ago, Dylan was getting us breakfast. Now he's doing graphics on this program. You know who? Blame Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the uh, backroom guys are not allowed to eat until 12.15. You're now listening to the 12.15 Club. Welcome back to another edition of the 12.15 Club. It is Ariel here in the mic, joined, as always, by my backroom comrades, Eric the Big German, Dylan the Graphics Guy, Marvin the Prince. Um, So they didn't mention this on the show this week, but as a 12.15 listener, you're going to get a little behind the scenes here. We are off all next week. So the Dan Patrick show is dark next week. So uh, kind of looking back at the week, there was a little bit of that last day of, of school feel to it. Uh, that feeling that didn't really last too long because, as always, we work very hard here in the Dan Patrick show. Um, Eric, what was your take on that and kind of having that last day of school feel? But then there's still a lot to do in a week. Yeah, so it's interesting because, you know, knowing that you have vacation planned, kind of the last few days a lot of times are easy to kind of mail in so to speak right but every day is super bowl here and also um the backroom guys were putting in some extra hours um doing some spring cleaning projects around the studio and so i think in a lot of ways it was like we had this goal at the end of today of okay we get through the show today we do 12 15 club we clean up for meet friday make sure everything's good and then we're off for a week right and then but there's also kind of the spring cleaning of more on like the show side and like just taking inventory of who's doing what and how it's all working and kind of tighten up the belt so to speak so there's it made for a really interesting and dynamic week behind the scenes yeah no absolutely i thought the biggest thing and what stood out to me most this week was the guest list um a lot of the guests i think we had on were different we had the miz we usually don't have wwe superstars but i thought his personality showed a lot and dan brought a lot out of him um, we had Darius Rucker, who we have on a lot, but what stood out to me about Darius Rucker this time around, and Dan has talked about, um, he aims to do this in an interview, is him and Dan are really good friends, which everybody knows at this point. But this time around, it really felt like I was just listening to a conversation that they were having on their own, like on the phone. Um, I found that really cool. They talked a little bit about um, a dinner tab that the Danettes and Dan had run up on, on Darius Rucker. Uh, this is how it sounded. The last time you were in New York and you had a number one hit, and we yes. went to dinner. And, yeah, that, and I let Dan order the one. <laughs> you, you actually lost money making that album, I think. <laughs> <laughs> after, after that dinner, oh, man, I loaded up because I said, hey, are we celebrating? He goes, bleep, yeah. And I go, all right. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't look at the wine list from right to left. I looked at it from left to right. And I just remember, I think we might have been too drunk to let the price, you know, the cost impact us that night. I think it was the next day. And you were like, wait, wait what the bleep did you order last night? I said, <laughs> everything. <laughs> uh, Eric, you've been a part of these dinners. Um, I don't know if you were necessarily there at that Darius Rucker dinner, um, but what is it like at these dinners as far as do they go all out and they're not really thinking about the price of things because it's going to go on a company card what's that atmosphere like um, when you're out at a dinner with the guys and Dan? so historically 
I think one of the reasons that I have been to so many dinners is that I possessed the corporate card uh, for years with our former uh, employer. So, yeah, I mean, when there were dinners and, you know, it was I mean, it wasn't like, hey, you know, let's order ten thousand dollars in caviar to the table. Right. But, um, you know, you weren't necessarily uh, ordering, you know, the eight ounce instead of 12 ounce filet. Right. So um, and Dan and his wine, um, that's where it really can add up quick. Um so, yeah, I mean, Dan has great taste in wine. And if um, you ever get a chance to hear Dan's recommendations for wine, write it down because he knows what he's talking about when it comes to wine and cigars. Um, he's got a lot of experience, has had access to, uh, you know, whatever. He knows what the best of the best and most expensive stuff is. And so if you find something that's like he's not going to recommend everyone go buy a thousand dollar bottle of wine. Right. So mm-hmm. but if you find something that's 50 or 60 dollars, that's very similar. He'll recommend that. So, um but no, I mean, and the other thing with going to dinner with these guys, Dan leaves the, leads the appetizer ordering as well. So he handles ordering both the wine as well as the appetizers. When I typically go out to eat, if I'm not with Dan and the guys, I always handle the appetizers. So sometimes, yeah, it, sometimes I'm kind of like, ooh, that's an interesting ooh. thought. Okay, all right, I'll let it go. But, um, but no, in terms of price and stuff, yeah, it can get pretty opulent. And obviously, we haven't if- been out. What if there's an appetizer that you want, but Dan might not necessarily order it while you guys are there? Is it sort of like, do you just sort of stare down and try and like will it into existence? Or even like somebody who like, like Todd, I know that he doesn't, his palate is not ex- expanded as everybody. Um, will they jump in and they say they want something if they, you know, they don't necessarily agree with what Dan's ordering or is everybody just like, we'll just walk the line that Dan's putting down. I would say in terms of if you have something that you want, then you order it, right? It's not mm-hmm. a huge deal. One of the interesting things, Dan also knows oysters very well, although he, I think he's only been ordering, he said, for like seven or eight years. So mm-hmm. he doesn't have quite the um, breadth of, uh, <laughs> of experience with oysters as he does with the wine. But um, he, he'll order like a dozen or something like that. And they come around and like, let's say there's 10 people at the dinner, right? So and you get, I don't know, 18 oysters or something. So you don't you don't want to take more than your share. Maybe you get twenty four oysters, right? Mm-hmm. So you take one or two, and then all of a sudden, and some people don't get them. So then there's like six or eight left, and then you want more, but then they're at the other end of the table. And so there's a lot of dynamics that go into into that. But in terms of Todd, Todd has definitely ordered his own his own thing. Um, another interesting thing about Todd is he doesn't really drink generally, but when we go to dinner, if Dan orders a nice bottle of wine, then all of a sudden Todd's got his glass out and not, sometimes it's not even for one glass. He's got two glasses. And all of a sudden you start doing the math. You're like, Todd, you don't exactly know what's going on. Like, you know, and if that's what you think all wine tastes like, then, you know, you're going to be really disappointed if you ever order a bottle of two buck Chuck. Well, Todd, Todd, I'm surprised Todd doesn't order like the 2008 bottle of Mountain Dew code red. Or like, and an it was on the menu. He would a 1998 Pepsi clear. We we also had the all the smoke guys on, and particularly I was really um, interested in this interview because I listened to their podcast on, on Showtime. Not necessarily the podcast, but I've watched the show on Showtime and various clips on their social media um, channels. Um, and they also talked about tabs. Here's how that went down. What's the biggest tab you guys put up at a club? Oh, probably like 20, 20,000. 20,000? But see, what you, you got to realize, though, when we when we go to clubs, the teams I've been on, the teams he, we've been on, 
we all go out as a team. So that 20000 has been broke down between mm-hmm. 10 millionaires. Mm-hmm. So it's really not that much money. We always together. We had a situation in New York not too long ago where we got the company card and did a little bit of damage on it. Just, <laughs> just myself and Jack and, and, a, and a couple people buying everyone shots in the restaurant. <laughs> How much? How much, man? Man, what was it? I don't know. I don't know I don't if we want to say it out loud. Cause five. Bri- by five. Brian's five, right five here. 5K, yeah. 5K. Yeah, a dinner, a dinner for two or a dinner for three ended up costing 5000 that night. So we had a little bit of fun. <laughs> So I brought that back to ask you two questions, Eric, as the only one out of the four of us who's been to dinner with uh, Dan and the guys. One, is the tab, have you ever seen a tab split like they're talking about there? Or is it always just on a company card or on Dan's card? I think we have split the tab amongst corporate cards in the past okay to try to spread that wealth a little bit but um, <laughs> average average your position down a little bit but um i don't think that we have ever um split up the tab on our personal cards no and then the second question i had about it is they're talking about five thousand dollars for two people we usually you guys usually have a little bit more than two people uh, at one of these dinners how would our price tag compare to theirs if you did like a roundabout average per person. So if you do an average per person for them, it's 2,500. You don't yes. have to say, you don't have to do dollar amounts. Would you just go over or under? I'm not sure putting too fine of a point on that number would really help too much, but um, no, none of us are uh, getting anywhere near thousands of dollars per person. Uh, that's pretty opulent. My guess is that that was not just dinner and that was probably a table and some, you know, bottle service and all kinds of stuff. Five grand. I mean, I've been to a lot of really high end restaurants in New York City. I've had um, a tremendous opportunity as throughout my career in entertainment. And typically, as someone in my position with uh, has the card and is often hosting the dinners, and um, I've seen some big bills. Five grand's really hard to get to if you're not buying bottle service um and so yeah we've never gotten anywhere near that so going back to uh some of the other guests that we had this week we had nick saban we had the head coach for the national champion baylor men's basketball team scott drew or drew scott as i famously screwed up in a newsletter uh we had jim nance and the interesting thing about that is that we had all these big names and you know when we kind of sit down and we do a little bit of a pre-show meeting we couldn't recall any of them. And Eric, as you pointed out, um, you've worked on different shows. If you get one of those guys, it's like a really big deal. And, you know, here we are. We had three, you know, the biggest names in their respective industries. And it was like, oh, yeah, I forgot we had Nick Saban on. And I think that's just a credit to how big of a show we are. Um, that kind of shows, you know, we get the big names. Eric? Yeah, I think... It's a credit to, to, to Todd, but really it's a credit to Dan mm-hmm. and the show in general, right? Because, yeah, I've worked on many different shows, regional, national level, and the guest list that we have is unrivaled. Um, unless you're a show that pays guests, right? We don't pay anybody that comes on our show. And so, um, you know, if you're not paying people, then they're coming on either to promote something or because they're a friend or because they enjoy doing it, right? And so I think, um, you know, having Nick Saban on or having Darius Rucker on or, um, you know, all the different people that we've had on, I mean, not just this week, just in general, right. It's an incredible guest list. Um, and it just goes to show like, once you get used to that though, it's like, you know, like 
work on a show. And if you had Nick Saban and Marvin, I know you've worked on other shows too. Like that's something that you would use for a long time. And I think he was on Tuesday's show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, by Thursday we were, we were trying to think of the moment of the week and we're like, who was on this week? And it's not that we're irreverent to it, but it's just like, like first so of all, many. you're doing three hours a day, right? So there's just a lot of water running under the bridge. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but also just like, okay, who's on tomorrow's show? And kind of, we're always kind of looking forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not that you forget it, but it's just like, you know, what's the next challenge? What's the next thing to do? So Marvin, I'm sure you've had a lot of similar experiences in your career. Yeah, Eric, to piggyback off of what you said, definitely. I worked on a national radio show, but it was a nighttime radio show at the mothership. And so they weren't getting the Nick Sabans and the Darius Ruckers and things like that. They were getting, you know, local sports writers, depending on what the topic was. So Dan is an A-lister in the business. Mm -hmm. So if you know anything about sports, sports media, you say, oh, would you like to come on the Dan Patrick show? That's huge. Of of course. And so, like you said, Saban. Saban at my old show or any other shows I've worked on, we would have been running it back. Like, oh, let's just run this. What run you said about Mac Jones or what he said that, uh, you know, the 49ers coach. Right. right. Especially, especially when you're going into the draft and you can go, all right, cool. But say if you get like Darius Rucker, phew, all right, cool. Or if you get Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, it's just one of those things where you forget about it, you know, the next day, like, Oh, Saban was on and Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. It just never stops to me with like A-listers. To Eric's point, it's uh, for us here on the show, you know, again, we've talked about this, I think, at, at nauseum at this point, but Todd sends out the guest list and he sends it out in a way sometimes that it's a little bit difficult to keep track of. Uh, and this week, I think, was that on steroids. Um, he was sending... Oh, we have this person at eight, you know, at nine fifteen. Okay, now we have this person tomorrow, and it's like Todd. Can we just get this all on one thing and kind of organize this? Um, so it, it comes to a certain point where it's kind of hard to keep track of that we had Saban on on Tuesday because you know we were thinking about how we had the Miz on today because he sent fifteen emails that the Miz was on. You know, and the times had changed multiple times. Uh, Marv, yeah, didn't we have Jim Nance and Mike Tarico on also today? Yeah, not to, said, we had Jim Nance <laughs> earlier in the week and we had Tariko today. Like that sounds nuts. You know how hard it would be to get those guys like Nance and Tariko in a six month span. When you think about it, Marvin, too, like so yes, we not only do we have Jim Nance and Al Michaels on the show in one week, two legends in the broadcasting, obviously, plus Dan, right? Kind of crazy. But then we had Jim Nance Monday, the same day as the NCAA Final Four, the men's championship game, and then he, now he's calling the masters this weekend. Right. So like in the middle of his arguably some of his busiest time, he takes time out to come on with us. And the other thing that was interesting. So I, as I think most people who listen to 1215 club know, so I check in the guests, right? So after he did his, his appearance, he was like, Hey, if you guys do your gym dance sound like contest, let me know. I, I can join the show. And, you know, we could talk about it again. He was like offering himself to come back on the show <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the biggest, you know, week of yeah. sports, arguably. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, obviously Dan's spent his whole life building to this point and it's, um, we're clearly all riding his coattails, but it is a, uh, really interesting 
job to work at because of the access to all these people. Yeah, absolutely. One of the funnier ones today was uh, Keith Hernandez coming on. And I just, I love Dan's ability to just call somebody out. Like anybody else, you know, they'd be like, oh, it's a professional interview. We got to just keep it straight face or whatever. But Dan's like, can you tell your cat to like be quiet or can you feed your cat in the background? And that just becomes a part of the interview and it just becomes even that much more funnier. Well, Keith was funny too. Cause it was like, we had been talking about that Michael Conforto hit by pitch thing all day on the show and then get Keith Hernandez on. Who's like obviously calling the game. Um, and then all of a sudden it just turns into being about his cat. <laughs> you know, it's like we get once like the, you know, the, yeah, breaking story side is over. Then it's just him sitting there, like stroking his cat, talking about you know making a documentary with Dan. Eric, I would just caution anybody who's a budding or aspiring media uh, personality that this isn't radio or media one hundred and one, right? Like you don't get away with calling out Keith Hernandez if, for whatever reason, you get to talk to him for the first time. You know, you don't get like you can't. We wouldn't get away with that if Keith Hernandez was on the twelve fourteen club, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't have that built up history with all of these people you know i mean dan covered keith hernandez they probably had some stories together in the 80s and 90s dan was you know doing news with cnn not news but you know in a more traditional suit tie behind a desk and even his stuff with sports center well yes they had a lot of fun moments and that's what everyone remembers the lion's share of his time would have been reading highlights reading prompter kind of just doing a sports show right so i think you know, and obviously dance personality, we all know it. And most people get to see a big part of it um, through the show. But, you know, Dan has has built that up, that credibility, the ability to to call out uh, these people. Uh, so I wouldn't if you, you know, if you're uh, Joe Schmo doing the local uh, local news or starting with a podcast and you get to uh, book a big guest, I wouldn't uh, think that, oh, well, I see Dan Patrick call out all these guests so I'm can get away with it, too. Damn. You crushed my hopes. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, me Friday today. And it was one of the more interesting things uh, I have heard about Meet Friday uh, came from Seton. So Seton joins us now. Seton, you said that Tyler's mac and cheese was the best thing that we've ever had here, which I found extremely controversial. Okay. Because I know you were a, beef, a big uh, beef, Italian beef sandwich guy, but to say that that was the mac and cheese was better than that. I just wanted to get your thoughts and just, do you stand by that? Just kind of your, your thought process. It's a fair question to ask. It is. Cause that is a, that it's a, it's a, a controversial statement, maybe a bit of an overstatement. Um, Cause now that I've had a second plate of the mac and cheese, I'm, I'm, I've grown more accustomed to it. I think at the time I was just sort of, you know, it's like when you first start dating someone new and you're like just so into everything that it was like I just ate the two bites of that mac and cheese. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. Um, that being said, it's still phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Is it better than the Italian beef sandwich? OK, you got me. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. If I'm really being honest. Um, but damn, is it good? It is fantastic. Yeah, because I was going to get into like a tirade here. You know, I was going to start slandering. I just, you know, I thought, let me just, let's just have him on and let, let him clarify what he said. Um, Eric? Yeah, I mean, we've been doing Meet Friday for at least four years mm-hmm. with, you know, I mean, championship caliber chefs coming through with Wagyu and all this crazy stuff. And, 
as a lactose intolerant person here, I just, you know, not to go all Todd on you, but like, I feel like you kind of turn in the knife a little bit. You're like, this is the best <laughs> thing ever and you can't eat it. So I'm just saying it hurts a little bit. But, you know, I should have been more sensitive uh, and more thoughtful in my commentary. And so I apologize to you uh, and the rest of, you know, the, our lactose intolerant <laughs> listenership, uh, especially of the 1215. I know you guys are huge in that community. Yeah, no, we, we really kill in that community, given, you know, Eric's opened up about a lot of his struggles. And I think that's uh, a lot of them gravitated to our podcast because of that. Uh, Marv and Todd has joined us and given us way too much information on his uh, digestive issues. But see, and I wanted to ask, was it more phenomenal because it was Tyler that did it? Or would you have just said, oh, man, this is really good. You know, another day, another dollar, you know, another great meat Friday for for Guzzy well you know um it is possible that I'm also being swayed by the idea of it's Friday before a week of vacation and this is the bite of food that I'm having and I'm like oh my god this is the best mac and cheese I ever had because I'm about to be off for a week let's go um but you know I think that Tyler he his career is forever tied at least his career within the Dan Patrick show will be forever tied to food because that's actually how we first, like, Tyler became an absolute champion here was, uh, this is so stupid, and the story's not going to translate well at all, but it's a legendary moment for Paul and myself. <laughs> we were having an early meet Friday, and something happened where people were off, and it just wasn't sort of a normal week. And Tyler came in. We didn't even think that we were going to have any food. And at about 11 o'clock or 11.15, whatever it was, Tyler came into the studio and he said, oh, guys, I'm sorry. I just, uh, you know, I just I just threw on these brats and stuff because we didn't really have any any food here. So I just threw on some burgers and brats. I hope that's OK. God, guys, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, really sorry? <laughs> are you crazy? This is amazing. This is like you're a hero. You're a champion. You're an absolute legend for this. And it was like the best. So. He uh, having Tyler back on the ones and twos of the grill. Um, and this is certainly no at Alan was phenomenal. He was an unbelievable chef here, uh, the IT chef. But having Tyler back in there in the kitchen feels sort of like uh, we came home a little bit. Like, all right, that's this works for me. How would you rate his performance thus far? Is there anything that was that he cooked that you didn't particularly like or everything that he's cooked? It's been about five weeks, I think. Uh, do you think everything's been spot on or? I mean, this is your chance to kind of call him out. Um, no, I don't need to call out Tyler. Um, <laughs> I feel like other people do that enough. The poor um, guy's like he's got like the uh, pers- the um, thin skin, like he's like a uh, glass vase or something. Like if you said one thing, even if you look at it or like you smell the food, he'd yeah, be like no. devastated for a week. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. I, I don't want to. I'm I'm trying to build people up at this point uh, and not not tear them down. So he, I think Tyler's done a good job. Um, I'm incredibly picky about food so i try to keep my um like weirdness to myself because i just i don't know i don't need to to like i said like tyler doesn't need to know exactly the way i need my burger cooked or the way i like my chicken you know what i mean like dude go out there do the best you can you're doing like 15 things here and one of them happens to be cooking food for 30 people so uh you just do the best you can pal and we'll we'll make it work but he he does he does a great job he does. He does. He has done a great job, I think, thus far. Dill? And I, I also want to say quickly, too, that anybody can walk in to a studio here with a, you know, $70 cut of meat and have it be awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. 
It takes a true genius, a true craftsman to walk in with, uh, you know, I don't know, a couple packs of cheap chicken breasts or something like that or something like a staple like mac and cheese and completely reinvent it. Mm-hmm. Dang, dude. All right. That's what I feel like Tyler's done lately. Yeah, I think he has. I think he I think he's killed it. We talked about it a little bit the last couple of weeks. And I mean, we always find a way to pick at each other here and make fun of each other. But I have no no qualms with Tyler's uh, meet Friday. It's been great. Dill. Um, I mean, I do look, I'm not going to pile on Tyler, but I do think we can all agree that the mac and cheese was better than Tyler's rendition of the beef hot beef sandwiches, because that was the only time where I think he may have missed the mark just a smidge. You know, it's possible that the reason I thought the mac and cheese was so good and better than the Italian beef sandwich was because the last one I had was Tyler's. <laughs> the last one you had was kind of, kind of like an eraser. Possible that I was like, you know, that wasn't as good as I remember it being. And then now that I think back, I'm like, dang it, Allen's are so good. <laughs> Eric? I also find it so funny that Tyler, who's worked here for, I think, close to six years now, his biggest legacy, at least from Seton, uh, is, well, one time he cooked sausages. You know, like, <laughs> the poor guy has done so much work for the show, and that that's his lasting legacy is he made sausages. Dude, remember, Tyler, remember that one time you made those sausages? Yeah, raised for you. Yeah. It was like, you know, it was seven years ago or whatever. I don't even know how long ago it was. But yeah, one time we thought we didn't have any food, but Tyler made sausages on his own. It's like nobody asked Legend. him to. He just did it. Legend. Instant legend. Like if you're in the middle of the desert and someone hands you warm water, you're not going to be like, turn it down. You know, it's still water. Absolutely. But see, that's why, though, Tyler, like he he went out there. I'm like, dude, I'll ride with this dude any day, man. He's a guy who gets it. I better figure something out here. We need food. All right. Boom. Sausages. Best I could do. Let's go. What's next? He's a problem solver. Guys like spackle around here. You know, just filling holes. Don't worry about it. I got it. I think he won. I think he won MVBRG based off that sole performance, and I think I held it against him for a couple years, um, and I was I was mad about it. So. I believe you. I would have been pissed about that too because you were LVBRG during that whole stretch too. Yeah, no, I mean I was just coming off a great stretch. I don't know. I just had taken off of like play of the day or something. It was something that I was like on a great run, and then he comes in with like sausages. And I'm like, dude, I'm I'm hot right now. Like what? Why are you taking my shine with a yeah, sausage man. and a hamburger? You um, can't rest on your laurels there, buddy. <laughs> Every day is the Super Bowl around here, right? See, and what are you doing next week? Anything good? I've been renovating an apartment. And so I, uh, I have to finish the bathroom and then start the kitchen. So I'm hoping to get a lot of that done next week. Um, not really a tropical vacation or anything cool like that. Um, but I do enjoy doing that kind of work. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, you know? Yeah. And to be honest with you, what I do is, uh, I'll get up, get high as and, uh, go work on the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Kick her. She's going to have to cut that out. You're going to have to bleep that one. <laughs> it was like my senior internship. I painted the inside of this building and we just get stoned and go paint for like four hours. It's, and go it's, it's so we, I did a whole thing, uh, taking down all this wallpaper which is like the most tedious job in the world, right? And every single room in the apartment was uh, covered like floor to ceiling in wallpaper. And every day I'd get home from here, I'd go check in with fam, be like, all right, I'll be back in about five hours, just get baked and take down (laughs) wallpaper. (laughs) And it was a tremendous two weeks. I've been sort of following that like on your Instagram stories. What is this like a flip 
or something or what's the end goal for that house? Um, so actually, when I met my uh, my it's a house that I used to live in that my wife had bought long before she met me. And then when I met her and we got married, we moved into that house and it's a multifamily. So it's got a couple apartments in it. And one of the apartments just uh, recently was vacated. So uh, it's the first chance we've really had to do any like significant, you know, upgrades to it or something like that. So uh, that's the plan. I was supposed to have it done by April 1st. Didn't happen. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping to have it done by May 1st. Deadlines but, uh, are tough. Yeah, deadlines world. are real tough. I was cruising for the first two weeks, and then the next three just sort of like, ah, I guess I'll just go change out this light bulb real quick. <laughs> sort of dragging check, a little check, bit. Check but. that one off the list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your Instagram lives have been, they look like you've gotten a lot done. So some kudos to you there. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. And, 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 and believe it or not, there has been a lot done, actually. But I did a lot of the sort of busy work up front and painted the got, you know, the walls were painted. We upgraded the electrical, uh, which I didn't do. I hired people out for that. Um, but that's like, you know, fixing the cracks and holes in the wall and, you know, upgrading the fixtures and things like that. But now the real work with the bathroom and the kitchen start um, or, or just started, actually. So that should be uh, that should be fun. That's where you're going to see the biggest difference in the place, you know. Okay, so we'll be on the lookout for that on your uh, Instagram yeah. at Seton O'Connor. <laughs> at, you know, at, hi, my name is he on Twitter at Seton O'Connor on uh, Instagram. Yep. Thanks for joining in, man. I know it was last minute, but it was fun. No, nah, all good, man. Have uh, have a great week off, fellas. All right. Thanks, man. You too. All right, peace. We didn't really schedule to have Seton on the show. Um, I kind of just got up and asked him. Um, so we this is you know we kind of had to do some some editing here and some recording uh, when we recorded, but it was fun. I really thought that that statement was controversial about the mac and cheese being the best that he's ever had or the best meal that we've had here on Meat Friday because I, I disagree a little bit. But uh, Eric, I think recency bias plays a big thing. Look, love Tyler. I think he's done a great job. Best meal ever. I mean, I couldn't eat it. You know, just saying. You got pimento burgers <laughs> and mac and cheese. A little tough for the lactose intolerant. Although Todd got really upset with me because he thought that I was comparing Crohn's disease to lactose intolerance, which I'm not. But uh, nonetheless, uh, stolen valor, bro. Stolen yeah. valor. <laughs> Recency bias, I think, is a very important role in Seton's assessment there. Marv? Eric took the words out of my mouth. Maybe not verbatim, but I was going to say prisoner of the moment. Definitely. Like, it was good, but I was like, man, Guzzy just did some phenomenal things. I thought Seton's best, or Seton, I thought uh, Tyler's best dish was the uh, salmon. I thought the salmon was yeah, that was really good. So, Dylan, you got the last word this week. Um, well, I'm actually so I have really quickly. I have a new theory. I think Tyler totally bungled the beef sandwiches on purpose to make the following weeks stand out that much more. It's a classic tactic. I've seen it before. (laughs) That's all we got for the 1215 this week. Uh, We're off next week, so we will catch you in two weeks. For Mutt Ariel, Eric Big German, Dylan the Graphics Guy, and Marvin Prince, we will catch in two weeks. Have a good two weeks, everyone. Be well.